0: It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303
1: 690 3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and I'm your host this afternoon. My name, uh, I already said my name, uh, I'm from Calvary in Aurora and it's been a couple weeks since I did the show, so I've got to get back in the groove. I was just in New Jersey, and I didn't get up to Marlton, but I did meet quite a few of you from Calvary Chapel in Marlton, New Jersey. Thank you for introducing yourself. It was great to meet you at Bridge Fest. Uh, We were a part of the outreach there in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, with Calvary Chapel Old Bridge, and then I taught that Sunday at Cornerstone Calvary Chapel in Howe, uh, New Jersey. And I had such a great time with you guys on the East Coast, uh, and I so appreciate having the privilege of being on uh, Hope FM, uh, sharing sharing the Word of God with you, encouraged in the things of the Lord. And then, uh, after teaching on Sunday in Howe, we flew over to Costa Mesa, California, for the Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa Pastors Conference, uh, put on by the church there, and Pastor Brian Broderson and the Calvary Global Network. And uh, it was a very encouraging time. I happened to uh, see quite a few of the men from Colorado there and from our region, one of them uh, from Cheyenne, Wyoming, Pastor Sean Sells. He happens to be in studio with me this afternoon. Welcome, Sean. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. It's good to have you here. And you are the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And tell us a little bit about the church, how long you've been there, and uh, just introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah,
0: Calvary Chapel Cheyenne has uh, been there since 1995, and uh, I have been the senior pastor since 2006. I associate pastor two years before that, and youth pastor in a volunteer status for four years before that. So I've been there since 2000, and Lord continues to bless us. I have a great number of people that are just uh, so loving and kind, and uh, so gracious to our ministry there, and we've had a great chance to, I think, have impact in people's lives as well.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things. I mean, we visit there a couple times, and uh, I've heard a lot of great things coming from Cheyenne. We get quite a few callers from Grace FM um, from Cheyenne, uh, and so that's a blessing to be up there.
0: That is a blessing. I'm excited to have you guys up there, and excited just by the, by the ability for people to call in and get those answers on the spot. It's uh, powerful, and then the teaching throughout the day is an encouragement as well, Anytime you're in the car, you can just turn that on, and you have a few minutes with the Lord.
1: It's a blessing. So we're gonna have uh, open lines for you guys on the East Coast. Uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming is just north of Colorado. It's right above the border, uh, and our radio network goes from Wyoming all the way down uh, south of Colorado Springs. Here in, in if you ever took a map out, you'll be able to see the uh, the the breadth of our station. But you guys, you have a much broader reach in the East Coast on Hope FM as uh, Pastor Bill has put together stations that cover Baltimore, uh, Philadelphia, all throughout New Jersey. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're listening uh, on Hope FM, call us. The number works everywhere, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And we have an open line uh, if you want to grab it now, or you can text us. We take text calls, uh, and you can text at 720 336 0897. And we love to fill the show uh, when we're lacking calls with uh, calls or questions from the texting line. So let's go right to line number one. Uh, it looks like it's Jake calling from Aurora. Jake, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, I have a question in regards to faith. Um, there are times where I do doubt my faith. Um, I just started rededicating myself in March, and I'm starting to read the Word. But there are times that I have questions of, of God and questions about His existence. And and I, I mean, I won't leave, but I try to find those to God as well and let Him know exactly how I'm feeling. But I've had conversations with...
1: Oh, man, your your cell phone is breaking up really bad. So we're getting like every other word.
2: The Muslims and Hindus, they've had similar testimonies as myself. So it's kind of hard to be tell somebody 100% sure that my God is, is the real God. When we have such similar testimonies. So there's sometimes that, that ounce of doubt. Yes. And I just with God where I don't have that doubt.
1: Well, I wish I wish we could come to you know I wish we could come to a place in our relationship with God where doubts are, are eliminated. And I would say, depending on personality types, not just experience, but personality types, some people are more prone to doubting uh, than others. And and as I as I listen to you and you're talking to different to people from different faiths, while there may be similarities in testimony, um, our testimony doesn't validate truth. It only witnesses to truth. Truth is truth on its own, right? So ice cream is ice cream, whether you like it or not. True. And we, we, we could doubt that it's ice cream, but by the factual essence of ice cream, uh, I'm sure scientists could probably break it down to all the different ingredients. Ice cream is ice cream, whether we believe it or not, whether we trust it or not, whether we agree that it's... it's but, but everyone can have their own opinion on ice cream. It sounds similar um, but it's a little bit different and and therefore we kind of think well what what's the substance of my exclusivity you know why 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 exactly. am I exclusive why is God exclusive uh, than some of these other faiths or some of these other religious beliefs and you know the Bible the Bible is what one of the things that makes Christianity exclusive uh, and one of the things that makes the Bible exclusive is something known as Prophecy. Uh, prophecy is a is is God's ability, the one true God, God's ability to predict the future with a hundred percent accuracy. And a, not and I'm not speaking of prophecy in sense of you know how we all argue about prophecy and the coming of the Lord. That's a different that's a different conversation. I'm just saying the ability for God, the one true God, to know in advance what is going to happen, and be able to predict it with 100% accuracy. For example, recently, uh, on Sunday morning, this last weekend, we were teaching about, we're in the Gospel of John, where Jesus is being crucified. Jesus is being crucified, and the crucifixion was spoken of and predicted by God even before crucifixion was invented. Before it was even known to man, before the Persians ever invented crucifixion, God spoke about how Messiah would die. Describing the elements, some elements, not all elements, but some elements of crucifixion in Psalm twenty-two, uh, and and you can go over and over and over again the reality of God's word being uh, being predictive, uh, through over three hundred predictive prophecies of the coming of Jesus Christ. But again, th- those are only facts that we're relay- relaying upon our uh, you know putting our life upon. Um, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And That's something that the Hindu doesn't have, that's something that the Buddhist doesn't have, that's something that the, the Islamist, the, the Muslim doesn't have. Um, they do have holy books, but they don't have holy books that claim to be inspired directly from God. Uh, they don't have books that have been confirmed to be from God. They, they don't have holy books that speak of the one true God. Uh, they don't have a holy book that is without contradiction. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we can go through evidence after evidence after evidence, but the reality of doubt is really an attack on your decision to believe what God says in His Word.
2: Yeah, and I just don't want to pretend or live off someone else's faith. I want mm-hmm. to have an authentic faith with my God. Yes. And make sure that it's, it's real, and I can go ahead and speak of Him with confidence. And that's that's the end goal here. Yes. And right now I can't speak with that confidence because there's sometimes there's that doubt, and there's sometimes where I'm just on fire, you know. Um, but I, I just want to get to a place where I, I'm like, you know what? I accept all the creed, uh, all the creeds of of um, of our beliefs, you know, the foundation of our beliefs, and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came. He was crucified. He uh, died, he was resurrected, and I want to make sure that I believe all that with my heart, and I confess it with my mouth, but
1: that it doesn't waver. Sean, what do you think? Well, I think, um,
0: as I've considered my own faith o- over the years, I recognize, like most believers, we have these times where there's periods of ups, periods of downs, uh, but for me personally, uh, I made a concerted decision. I decided to give God the benefit of the doubt, that uh time and time again he proved himself faithful in those word faithful through prophecy faithful in my own life i've been able to see him actively working in my church and the people in my church and so when i put all of that together uh, i came to the conclusion that it was, it was irrelevant what my circumstances were it became irrelevant what my feelings were it became irrelevant what arguments were brought against the word of god uh, that time and time again god has proved himself faithful and so with that base that foundation of a faithful god time and time again i decided from now on uh, rather than focusing on the doubt, I'll say when the doubt comes in, I believe truly that God is who he says he is, that his word is true. And so I'm going to start with that foundation. I might go look for those answers to try to answer those questions, but I'm never going to let the questions overrule what I've already seen proved over and over by, by God in my life and in the life of others. Amen. Yeah, thank you.
1: And I think that, you know, in a simple in a simple illustration, you know, the sun shines whether we see it or not. So when there's a heavy, cloudy day and we don't see the sun, or we don't feel the full effects of the sun's rays, the sun is still there in all its glory and all its brilliance. We just don't see it. And as Sean said, our feelings go up and down. Uh, they go up and down on all sorts of things. Uh, and when our feeling, we, it's a good thing that the Bible says. And again, we're we're even instructed on how to follow is that we walk by faith, and not by sight. And so. You know it's really hard to walk by faith when you're doubting, (laughs) and and we all doubt. Believe me, I've even had my days of doubting. You're not. You're not. This isn't exclusive to you. It doesn't make you a bad Christian or a bad follower of God. It it makes you a normal one. And we all go through circumstances and situations that undermine our faith. We 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 fall to dumb temptations that undermine our faith and make us doubt. I mean, there's a there's all kinds of reasons. there's all kinds of issues that come up in our lives. And, and so I would say when you feel strong and you're going for it in the things of God, then rejoice. And when you're feeling weak and, and you're having doubts, that's even a, a more important time to press in um, because I can say that the people that you've been talking to, the ones that you kind of share similar testimonies, you have something that they don't have. You know what that is?
2: a genuine faith? I don't even know how to answer that, to be honest with
1: you. <laughs> you have spiritual life. You have a real relationship with the living God. They have a religious experience. Amen. And there's a big difference between the two. So let me pray for you. All right, thank you. Father, we just pray for our brother as he wrestles with things, as, you know, Jake, you, you know Jake better than we do. Um, you know his inside and his thinking and how what kind of person he is. Um, you, you know you know what you're accomplishing in his life through these seasons of doubt and uh, concern and worry. And Jesus, you even anticipated that. When you taught us in the book of Matthew, to did not worry. Uh, and Holy Spirit, you spoke to us through Paul when you said to be anxious for nothing. Um, and even Thomas is known as the doubter, uh, even though his doubts were probably more just seeking more confirmation. And you gave it to him. And so as Jake seeks more confirmation... As he seeks more foundational pillars on which to rest his faith, I pray, God, that you would establish him and strengthen him in his quest to develop his relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hey, Jake, I, I just came, as I was praying, two recommendations of books just came to mind. Okay. It, one of them is called Know What You Believe. Know what you believe. And the other one is Know Why You Believe
2: know what you believe and know why you believe. And it's the same you know author. The author. I think
1: is? his last name is Little.
2: Little, okay. I will look those up today.
1: Yes, they will, they, they, they will help substantiate um, what, what you already know to be true. They will start to substantiate these very things of doubt in your heart.
2: Thank you very much, Pastor Ed. I appreciate
1: you. You're welcome. God bless you, man. All
2: right, God bless you too. bye Thank you. Bye.
1: 303-690-3000 is the number and the lines are completely open, completely open. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. We're in studio with, we are in studio with, um, I'm looking at a picture here, Sean Sells. <laughs> Not this guy, but Sean Sells. He's right in front of me. But I'm looking at a picture of the studio and it threw me a little bit. Uh, Sean is the pastor and has been for, did, did I hear correctly? 11 years? 11 as senior years pastor? As a senior pastor, yeah. uh, And then a few years before that as an assistant pastor up in Calvary Chapel in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So you guys listening in Cheyenne, this is your time to call and stump Pastor Sean. That's the new th- subtext of our show today, Stump Pastor Sean as he's down here visiting in Aurora, and we invited him in. Um, what What has been, Sean, the greatest blessing for you Of pastoring in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Does something come to the top at all or any encouraging thing you can share?
0: One of the things that's uh, sticking with me recently is uh, starting to see the folks that were in Sunday school when my wife and I were teaching Sunday school. Those kids are now graduating and getting married and having families. And to be able to recognize looking back that my family and I, uh, my wife and I and my kids as we've ministered there, Uh, in cheyenne have had the opportunity to impact people's lives and uh it's a a sense of pride really yes you see these these young families walking around you know that not everything's perfect in their life uh, but you know that they have at least a foundation that they can stand on in the word of god and uh, that hopefully they know that they can still uh, continue to come to us for help and for advice we'd love to pray for them and and uh, to just be able to encourage them in their faith and see them go forward Uh, and then seeing even some of those going on and doing their own ministry uh, yes just uh recently seeing uh, a young gal that was in a youth group with us and uh, going off on a mission trip and now serving in her uh, junior high and high school youth ministry at the church she's at now. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just really encouraging to see kind of that uh, generational thing happening there where you can see the growth that's happened.
1: You know, and it, it's the, one of the advantages of longevity is watching uh, the families grow, watching the kids grow up. And even if they've moved on to another ministry or they moved on to another Calvary or the Baptist church, but you still run into them, uh, even as we did it at lunch today, uh, one of the young uh, daughters of the ministry here, um, they, um, she, she grew up here for a season, uh, her dad served here for a season, uh, and, and so did her mom, and then they moved on to another church, but they're still in the community, and to see her all grown up, and uh, we didn't get to talk too much about her faith as she was working, but uh, to see her all grown up and to be able to say, hey man, say hey to your family, I think I saw her dad uh, probably about a year ago. Uh, he was around, and we had lunch together. We had Starbucks over on Parker Road. But being able to minister to them and just know you're a pastor of the community. Uh, it's not just your local congregation, but you get to serve uh, everyone at any time in your community. I like that. That's a good reminder. We've got open lines, uh, 303-690-3000. Sean and I can certainly talk for the entire time uh, and, and talk about the things of ministry together. But if you have a call, you have a question, You have a prayer request, give us a call, 303 690 3000. 303 690 3000. This goes for all of you on the East Coast as well, not just listening on Grace FM, but also uh, Hope FM. If you're listening on Grace FM right now, we're live, uh, so you'll call in. If you're listening on Hope FM, remember the show airs one week later. One week later. So if you hear the show and you call in, you're still going to talk to someone live. It just won't air on Hope FM for another week. So the following week, uh, as that's how the show is picked up on Hope FM. So just one mention of us talking the whole show, all the lines lit up, Sean. So it's always a good thing. 303-690-3000 is the number. We have Bible study tonight here at Calvary. Uh, we are in the book of First Kings, uh, which just reminded me that I need to get uh, my study over to Cassandra so that she can... Uh, Get it ready for tonight. But we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 14 in a Bible study that I have entitled Following God's Loving Lead. Following God's Loving Lead. And we'll be here starting at 7 o'clock. We have a missionary update as we do updates on Wednesdays. We're going to be hearing from the Niesel family who is serving in Cape Town, South Africa. So we'll get an update on them and what the Lord's doing through their life. We'll also pray together as a church family seeking the Lord and coming together to pray uh, and growing together in God's grace. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, Danny is on line one from Aurora. Danny, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, thank you, Pastor.
1: You're welcome. What's up?
3: Hey, uh, so I, I was just um, a verse uh, that keeps popping up, and whether it's, uh, you know, in my quiet time with the Lord or... Um, you know, like Grace FM, I heard today. I think it was this morning on my way to work, talking about uh, you know delighting yourself in the Lord. And I guess I'm kind of confused as to what that, you know, what that looks like. You know, I mean, is that just like you know, you're you're reading the Word all the time and praying and you know, and I guess I guess I I quite the struggle because of what my wife and I have been through yes. uh, in our walk with the Lord. You know, whereas. You know, one time I was extremely intimate with the Lord and, and had a, an amazing relationship with Him. And, and we went through a lot of stuff. Um, and, and now it's like it's the hardest thing to, you know, to get back to that place. Um, you know, and, and, and maybe I was deceived and I, I thought I had something with the Lord. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I guess I'm just trying to have a hard time. Getting, you know, getting back to that place in my relationship with the Lord. So, anyway. Well, let's look
1: at the question a little bit differently, and then we'll tackle the text. If I was to say, do you have a favorite baseball or football team?
3: Uh, I mean, not really. But I mean, if I had to say, I would say the Cowboys, I guess.
1: Okay, so if I said, if I said uh, that one way that would one way that would change your life is to delight yourself in the Cowboys, what do you think you'd do?
3: I wouldn't miss a single game. I'd wear all their gear. I'd talk about all their players. I'd probably have everything memorized and be completely obsessed with them.
1: I, I think that's it. That last, the last, that last phrase, completely obsessed. You would be, you would be a fan like Frank is uh, whether they're winning or not. Uh, you'd be a fan whether you're happy or not. And you'd have to be a fan of the Cowboys. You'd have to be a fan all the time when they're not winning because they never win. Um, but that's a joke. But I got Frank laughing, <laughs> um, and and the idea is that you're turning your attention. The word in the Hebrew literally means to make merry over, or to be happy about, or to take delight in. And when I think of, sometimes it's translated delight, sometimes it's t- translated sport. Uh, in the it's it's used ten times in the in the uh, Old Testament, and the idea is that you're giving, you're, you're delighting yourself in who you love and you're spending time with him and you're thinking of him and you're drawing near to him and you're, you're thankful for him and you're thankful to be, your, your life is, is consumed with the reality of God's presence in your life. And just like a sports team, which is a really poor comparison, but at least it gets to the point where if, you were to describe yourself as, as a fan of the Broncos or a fan of the Cowboys and you delighted yourself in them, we would be able to see it, and so would you. You would be able to see it. And it's not so much whether they're winning, although you'd be happy, and it's not so much whether they're good, although you'd be happy if they were better. It's just the reality of desiring them, enjoying them, and participating uh, in, in a relationship with the Cowboys. That's what, that's what you were saying by wearing all their gear. That's one way to participate. By watching the games, that's one way to participate. Maybe you take a trip to the game, that's one way of participating. And when you, when all of that thought process gets translated to God, well, you're, you're right, there, there are ways to delight in God. The early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in prayer, in the breaking of bread, and in fellowship. And those four things are areas where as we... According to the book of Acts, as we find ourselves encompassed with the delight of the Lord, when we find ourselves just focused on, on him, um, we find God meeting us there. Because if you look at where that phrase comes from in Psalm 37, there's a bunch of different ingredients. There's a bunch of different things that he tells us to do. He says, trust, do good, dwell, feed on his faithfulness, delight yourself also in the Lord, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He shall bring forth your righteousness. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. The, all of Psalm 37 really is a is an explanation, an explanation of what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. Right. So I'm going to let Sean uh, share a little bit, and then I want to come back with a question, but I want to let Sean share first.
0: Okay. Yeah, my suggestion would be uh, to get your Bible and, and uh, take a few minutes and just read through the Psalm 37 and uh, read the whole thing, read read the whole thing, don't just focus on verse 4, uh, but as you go through that, there's 40 verses there, and uh, one of the habits I've cultivated when I go through the Psalms is actually to try to pray through them, and so as you're going through Psalm 37, it starts out, do not fret because of evildoers, do not be envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. For me, I would turn that into a prayer, and I would begin to praise God, because he is eternal, even though the enemies or the the issues that come up in my life, the difficulties that I have, my circumstances, those things are all temporary. They're all temporary things that are only going to happen for a, a short time in our life. But when we get down to the reality of God being eternal, we can begin to delight in the fact that all these other things are going to pass away. All the bad things in our life, those things go away. But God will be there forever, eternally with us. And so I would turn that into a prayer. I would just praise God for who He is, being an eternal God. Praise God that He's going to outlast my problems. Praise God. Uh, that he's going to be uh, not like the evil or the wrongdoers, uh, but uh, he's going to uh, gonna, gonna be one who's going to be able to allow me to do good in his name and in his ways.
3: Right on. Thank you.
1: So I've got a question for you. Sure. There was a season of uh, where you could probably look back at your life and say that I was delighting, pretty much described my life delighting in the Lord, and then something happened. Did I hear you correctly?
3: Yes, sir. You did. <laughs>
1: and, and is that something you want to share, or?
3: Oh yeah, that's. Okay. Uh, what I happened? Mean, my attention um, got directed on school, so I started going to college and and all that, and and then you know working on top of going to school and and just you know uh, the type of field I'm, I'm in, the technical field, uh, and I am like having to constantly study, uh, because the tech, you know, technology is so vast and the field that I'm in, is just, it's unending, you know, companies want you to know a million things and mm-hmm. to be able to get a better job. You've got to know this and that, and, you know, and, and anyway, uh, so that's in a sense kind of like become my go-to now, you know, like I want God, you know, and, uh, you know, but it's like, and I mean, I, I, we're even serving in a church now, we're, yes. you know, leading worship at a church, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and we're involved, but it's just, I don't know. I we're just kind of, just with everything that's happened in our lives, you know, we were, uh, in ministry before, you know, going to do missions, we, we've given up everything and we thought that's what we were going to do. And then it didn't work out. And, um, we're just, I don't know, you know, it's just kind of, and we had children, you know, and just kind of seemed like it all went down from hill from there. And, and I know, I know that I know, I know that I need to make God a priority, you know, and what I mean by that is like, you know, I, every morning I, I listen to Grace FM, you know, and every day when I come home from work, I'm listening to Grace FM, but it's kind of something God showed me. uh, You can sit there and listen to it all day long, but unless you're really getting it into you and meditating on it and allowing God to impress it upon your heart, allowing the Holy Spirit to really speak to you through that stuff, you know, and as Sean was saying, praying through the scriptures and pouring over them, it's not really going to do a whole lot, you know? Can you? I can use
1: it. Can you hold over for the break, or do you want to listen after the break? Because i got one thing to share with you after. Yeah,
3: that's
1: fine. Okay, I'll put you on hold. Hey, this is Thanks. Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Taking your calls and your questions. Lines are full. You can text us, uh, but we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live on Grace FM and Hope FM.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at
1: 303-690-3000. Welcome back, everyone, to Calvary Live. Glad you joined us. We get two welcome backs this time, and we are blessed to be a part of your day. If you're driving home from work or sitting around the kitchen table or listening on the app. We are so blessed that you have made the show a part of your day uh, because we have somebody, we have somebody waiting online. Let's get right back to the phone lines. Uh, Danny, welcome back.
3: Hey, thanks, Fisher. I,
1: I think I, as I was, uh, as I was listening to you to describe everything, uh, I could say just from a distance that your passion was shifted, uh, from, from the Lord to school. Um, I think you know that, but maybe you wouldn't desire to passion because kind of school is what you have to do. Maybe you never saw it that way. Um, that you're like, no, I don't have a passion for school like I have for the Lord. And I agree with that. I don't mean that. but what I do mean is you only have you only have uh, a certain amount of energy and effort in your life. You know you know, if you look at your life as a bucket, your bucket can only be so full. And when you're right. pouring out most of yourself for studying, and, and then studying brings stress and then stress means worry and you got to learn all this stuff, you only have so much capacity and th- that's why that's why when it comes to capacity when we start thinking of it that way, Jesus put it this way this is the only way we'll find satisfaction and, and it is possible to find satisfaction uh, in, in delighting ourselves in the Lord and being successful in school and being successful as a pastor as a business owner or uh, driving a truck or anything that we do, and Jesus put it this way: "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you." And what may have happened is, and it sounds like it's what's happened, is that the pressure of this new schooling and the and the need to get trained for the the career and what's required for the career has just taken most of your capacity, and by and whatever you're giving back to the Lord, uh, if any, is. Is, is not much to sustain you. Right. And I think it's, I think it's possible to be a, a strong, vibrant believer in Jesus Christ and successful at school. I don't think you have to make a choice between the two. Uh, it is a matter of priorities. What are we doing first? Uh-huh. And, you know, that passion gets shifted back because we all have demanding lives uh, and we all have demands upon us and we all face a, a similar... Situation, whether it's school for you or it was grief for me, Um, Sean was mentioned to me at school, uh, lunch today, some episodes of grief in his life as well. I mean, whatever the circumstance is, it's always trying to get us off our game, Um, and and it does. Quite frankly, life is hard, Um, life is challenging, life has a way of sapping our our energy and our effort and our desire to to please and obey the Lord and. And then we get to these places where we're like, you know, what does it mean to delight in myself and the Lord? Because right now, it's really hard for me to do that. Yeah. Sean, you want to pray for him?
0: love to. Heavenly Father, we do want to lift up uh, Danny before you. Uh, Lord, we would pray uh, as we uh, come to you, uh, first and foremost, that, uh, Lord, you would fill him with your Holy Spirit. Yes. uh, That uh, uh, Jesus has a body. Uh, It says that you are... On your throne in heaven but that your spirit is here on the earth and wants to indwell us as believers yes and uh, we believe that through the power of Thank the spirit you. that you allow us to walk forward in your way and in your strength and for danny specifically lord i pray that you would ignite that fire again in his soul that you would allow him to be uh, somebody who's walking under the power of the holy spirit mm-hmm. to be walking in your strength yes instead of his own and father through that that you would guide and direct him into the right things that he needs to be doing in order to delight himself Thank in you, you and that as he sees uh, you working more and more in his life mm. as he experiences more time mm. with you and, and more of the, the wonderful things that you want to give uh, to him, Father, that he'll start to see that fire stoked yes. higher and higher and higher again, mm. uh, that he'll begin to have uh, you as that primary priority in his life and then to watch how everything else flows mm. out of that, that his work life, his home life, all flows out of his uh, relationship with Thank you. you Father, we pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 Thank Okay, you, brother. You know Bye-bye. Hey, give us a call, 303-690-3000, if you're just joining us for the second half of our program. In studio with me today is Pastor Sean Sells. Uh, He is the lead pastor of Calvary Chapel in Cheyenne, Wyoming. What's your website?
0: www.calvarychapelcheyenne.org. Cheyenne is spelled C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E.
1: Tell us about um, services and location and everything, just for those listening in.
0: Yeah, those in Cheyenne, the location is 9209 Ridge Road. That's at the corner of Ridge and Riding Club. Uh, Sunday morning services, 9 and 11. We work through the uh, New Testament on Sunday mornings. We're in the Book of Acts right now. And then on Wednesday nights, so we go through the Old Testament, and that's on 7 p.m. tonight. So uh, opportunity for worship. We take some time in prayer, and then we get into the Word as well. And uh, we're working through the Book of Ezekiel right now. Mm. So some good opportunities to hear the Word.
1: Calvarychapelcheyenne.org. That's where... That's where you can find more information, especially you guys listening on Grace FM up in the Cheyenne, Wyoming area, and those, I don't know what northern towns are are up in that area. What towns are around Cheyenne?
0: Uh, so some smaller towns, you have Burns, Pine Bluffs, uh, Hillsdale, uh, some of those smaller towns around there, Torrington, and uh, several people that drive in from some of those places.
1: Praise the Lord. If you're listening in, great church to visit. Pastor Sean's taking the calls with us, we're going to go right back to our phone lines and we're going to um, connect with Seth. Seth, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good, what's up?
4: Well, um, let me just start. I got I got some questions. I, I would say, let me just start by saying, that I'm at the point where I've been praying a lot. I've been reading my Bible. I've been kind of coming back to God and uh, just trying to figure out... Um, what I'm really supposed to be doing, I've kind of, I think God's kind of licked some of my disobedience inside my own mind, and uh, I really just kind of want to, you know, like, I'm at the point where I I know my way does not work, and I know that God's way is the only way that's going to work for life and after life. So I just want to be obedient, and I've been praying a lot about what I need to do in my life. And, I just, I need to know how to listen to God, and I don't know, just, just you know, how to pray and how to listen to Him, figure out what I'm supposed to do.
1: Okay, is there something specific that you're looking for? Are you, like, the will of God for, uh, you know, your career, the will of God for where you're going to live? What is it that's really captivated your mind that, that you're wanting to hear from God about?
4: I don't know. I mean, I'm, I guess it may sound stupid. I mean, I have my own plans, but really, I mean, I've just been saying, all right, those plans, those might go out the window. What does okay. God want? And yes. praying, like, what you want, God, that's what I'm going to go for. And, you know, I listen to Grace SM a lot, and uh because well, I drive a lot for work, but, you know, like, uh, there was a thing about Brazil and one of your pastors is down there working. Yes. And I say, you know, like, I'll pray God and and say, uh, well, you wouldn't want me to do anything like that, or is that something you'd want me to do? Okay. And, you know, it's not something I want to do, but, you know, later on I'll have, like, a dream about it. I don't know. And then, you know, like, when you're listening, you're supposed to be quiet after you pray or something like that. When you're listening, how do I tell what's just me thinking and what's God's actual voice? I know most people don't hear God's voice. I don't know if I do. You know what I mean? I well, guess it kind of make
1: sense. It does make sense. I've been I've been walking with Jesus now for 26 years, and I've never heard the audible voice of God. Like I've never heard a voice from heaven saying, "Ed, I want you to do this." I, I haven't heard that. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I personally but how do we haven't, know what we're supposed to do? Well. I, I think that there's there's a there's a couple things. There's some general guidelines because for example, um, your question about going to Brazil, could it be from the Lord? Sure. Uh, it could be from the Lord. Could it be from your mind? Sure, it could be from your mind. Could it be from your mind that God inspired your mind? Sure, it can be. like that that's a good thing to hear because when you when you hear something about Brazil and you go Lord, do you want me to be a missionary? It keeps you dependent upon God on whether you, um, you know, whether that's from him or not, you know, that, and, and he may find, I was just talking to pastor Aaron right before, um, right before I came on. I mean, I, I was at the last minute when I ran into the studio and we were talking a little bit about missions and, and I know without a doubt that God at this stage in my life, uh, that I'm not called to be a missionary. Um, yeah. I'm called to do what I'm doing right now, uh, where I'm doing it right now. And I know uh, and God can change it, but, I mean, I've been walking with him for a while, so he would He would have to make it clear that he would want me to pick up and go to another country. And I know he could do it, but I also That's know God, how he's worked with me, the... how he's created sorry, me. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um,
4: well, okay, so has God ever, like, what signs have you seen? Has God ever put something in your life so, like, obvious that you need to do something? Well, like, yes. you're a pastor. what made God tell you to be a pastor?
1: Well, that's a, great, that's a great question. That's a good way to answer it. God told me to be a pastor through a series of events over seven years, six years. Oh, um, okay. I started serving. I, I, the first thing I ever did on my path, besides being born again and going to church every time the doors were open, the first step I took toward being a pastor was answering a bulletin announcement to serve in the children's ministry. I was a rank, unbeliever, angry, violent man that God saved. And I actually, that was the second thing I did. The first yeah, thing I did was out of all that I took some thing. classes to learn about the Bible. And taking classes to learn about the Bible encouraged us to serve. And then they asked for something in the bulletin about children's ministry. And I started holding babies in the nursery as a 22-year-old uh, believer. I was 22 years old. Uh, Me and my wife just had a baby at home and now I'm at church with a baby at church and serving and I didn't know I was gonna be a pastor then but through a bunch of series of events like I learned ministry serving the children and I did that for many years and then they asked me to teach a teach a class and I taught a class and then I, I went and taught a Bible study and and it seemed like God was using me to encourage people's lives and and then um, my pastor recognized that gift in me, and I became the singles pastor at my church. Uh, and then we started praying about maybe planting a church. And then I moved to Colorado uh, because my job was in Colorado. So it wasn't like super spiritual. It was they offered me a job in Colorado, and I like, yeah, I think I want to be in Colorado. And, and want, sometimes we make the will of God sound so far from us when it's actually so close to us as we do yep. what's in... Like right now, you are in the will of God. Do you know why? Why? Because you obeyed him and made this phone call. Now, you may not see that's that big of a deal, but it's huge because you had a, you had a desire for knowledge. You knew that we had a call-in show. You felt like you needed a call and you obeyed. And that puts you on the path to maybe this call would be helpful to you. Maybe it won't be helpful to you, but your obedience will always be helpful to you. Okay. And you're taking these steps. Now, Sean's looking something up. While he's looking it up, I'm going to look a passage up in Colossians for you. Sean, what do you have to share?
4: So I have one more question real quick? Sure. So what, what I'm gathering here is that what you did was you, you prayed, stayed in the Word, and you went to church every chance you got. And most importantly, you just said yes when people asked you to do
1: something. Pretty much. and And I would even say okay. this. Let's not make it so super spiritual. I wasn't always in the Word. And over time, I didn't make every church service, and I wasn't the best Christian, and I, 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 was, I was still growing, and God was so gracious to me. So we don't need to make it like the idea that the only way that God will speak His will to you is when you feel like you're, perfect, you're perfectly obeying Him. Uh, we're all imperfect, but I know that as I was listening to my pastor teach, as I was repenting of my sin, as I was saying yes to things, and I felt like an impression, so I, I, I obeyed that. That taught me how to be obediently going toward the Lord, because I'm going to get the will of God going toward the Lord more than I'm going to get the will of God going away from Him. Okay. Sean?
0: Yeah, I think um, if, uh, we sometimes get this idea that the will of God is a specific step-by-step process where He's going to tell us every step that we're supposed to take. Uh, but the, the example of Scripture is, is not like that. In fact, the, the example of Scripture is uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, for instance, in uh, verse 18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so, uh, to put it more simply, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you can give thanks for God in that, then you're in God's will. Uh, that's exactly what He wants from you. There will be times where He'll show you more specific things, uh, but the majority of your time, you're going to be walking in faith and uh, being able to give thanks for everything around you in, in Christ Jesus. If you're doing things that you know are, are, are disapproving to God, you can't give thanks for those, so it's time to walk away from those things. So when it comes to actually serving in ministry, that should be the default position for all believers, uh, that all of us, by default, uh, will because we love God, because we love others, uh, will begin serving other people. And so at our church, we kind of have a, a, little, uh, a little phrase that we use uh, when we're trying to decide who an elder is and who a deacon is, Uh, We say elders eld and deacons deek. And so we just kind of look around and see the people that are already uh, serving the spiritual needs of others in the church. Those are the people that we're going to draw on to be elders. Uh, When we see those that are already serving the physical needs of the people of the church, uh, those are the ones that are going to be deacons. And so I would say in the same sense for missions, uh, if you're considering missions, for instance, you mentioned missions to Brazil. um, Missionaries are people that are already on mission. Uh, They're already uh, serving God where they are. Uh, but uh, if it comes down to a situation where you're, you're thinking about long term missions or something like that, I would say uh, try it out. Find a short term mission. Try that out. Uh, do something you know fairly local I- in the regional area. Uh, maybe try something a little bit more uh, drastic after that and kind of build your way into it. And as you go through that process, uh, you'll start to realize uh, what the things are that God has called you to and what the things are that you're just not uh, going to be great at or not going to be able to enjoy doing and doing in such a way that you can give thanks in the middle of it. All
1: right, all right yeah, um Cassandra, my assistant just reminded me that that we have a book on servanthood, like the basic elements of servanthood, and if you hold on uh frank will I'll put you on hold, and Frank will get your information, and we'll send it to you oh okay, you would you like to do that sure, okay, let's pray, okay, Father, I pray for a brother as he um is seeking out what a great thing he's 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 seeking out um. What your will is for his life, like specifically, God, um, is it missions? Is it serving in His church? Is it what? What is it for him, Lord? And I, I love what Pastor Sean shares, Lord. It's just uh, the will of God is to enjoy You uh, and to follow You and to abide in You. And I know, it's, I know, we all. I know I do this. I make it harder uh, than it really is. So help me, Lord, and help my brother. I can relate very well uh, with his dilemma uh, in, in other areas of my life. And so, God, may you build us and strengthen us. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to do in this guy. I can't wait. (laughs) Give us a 100 more guys that want to know your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Frank's going to get your info. All right, thank you. Thank you. 303-690-3000. The name of the book we're sending him is Ordinary Servant. And there's some good chapters in there on the basic building blocks of serving the Lord. 303-690-3000. Alexis has been waiting faithfully. Alexis, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi.
5: Um, Yeah, I was calling because I had a question about tithing. Okay. Um, Me and my husband do tithe, and I was curious, just as far as there's so many different ministries that we um, do help when we can, but it's not on a consistent basis. Okay. Um, And I was wondering, as far as tithing goes, like, can you use your tithe to bless? monthly different ministries, or is your tithe specifically supposed to be for your church?
1: Well, let, let's get a broader answer to that. The, the tithe was really an old, old covenant requirement uh, that was done away with uh, in the coming of Jesus Christ. The obligation, if you will, or the expectation of giving now in the new covenant is much greater than the tithe. But we use the word tithe kind of like we use the word hell to generally describe something, and, mm-hmm. and tithing, you know, when it comes to the literally, it means ten percent. The Jews actually, uh, the Jewish people under the law of the tithe, actually gave much more than ten percent. Um, but we use that as a as a guideline. So I, tithing is normally known as ten percent. And right. as we think of the resources that we have, the tithe actually belongs to the Lord. It belong. It goes to the church, and anything outside of the tithe goes. In, in the category that we refer to as offerings. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to use the tithe in that mentality, then we bring them just like they did. They brought the offerings in the New Testament to the feet of the apostles, which is really a picture of giving to the local body to take care of the local body, just like the tithe and the first fruits was there to take care of the people that were overseeing the temple and overseeing the sacrifices, that the intent of the giving was first and foremost of the tie to the church or to the temple. Now the question is the question you're asking: Can you use? Can you give to whomever you want to give? And the answer is yes. It's it's the resources that God has entrusted to you, and after praying, you believe that you, God is directing you to give resources to a ministry or to a person. Then you should obey the Lord uh, in that. Yes. But as I as I I can tell you how I interpret the scriptures for our family is that. That we give the tithe unto our church, and then we help other ministries with what we would refer to as offerings over and above our tithes. Yeah, that's how okay. that's how Marie and I do it. Sean, do you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, the idea is just that you can give joyfully to the Lord. It's uh, if it's being given under compulsion, uh, that's that's a heart issue, and uh, I would say don't give if it feels if you feel compelled. But when it comes to giving in general to the Lord, you give with a joyful heart. And uh, when we think of the idea of giving to a specific church, um, sometimes that's been misused, I think, by uh, churches in the past in order to uh, get uh, kind of full-time support and things along those lines. Uh, But uh, my family in particular, we give to our church, but we also give to missionaries. We give to Compassion Kids. uh, We sometimes have money available to give to individuals who have need. Uh, It's just the attitude of a giving heart to recognize that everything that you have came from the Lord. And so it's now the Lord's to use however he sees fit in your life. And so there's going to be times where you're just going to, you know, for wife, my wife and I, uh, we prayed through and came about a decision about how much we we're going to give consistently to the church that comes out uh, automatically. We don't even have to think about that as much anymore, but then it's the things beyond that, that we have to be more prepared for. And so for you, if, if you've determined you have a certain amount of money set aside to be given to the Lord in his work, anywhere you give that is going to be a blessing to the Lord. It's going to be a blessing for your family.
5: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just, Curious, because there's um, we give when we can to different missionaries, but if we got asked recently for um, to be given monthly, and we want to bless them, it just could we couldn't do it every month, and so I was just curious about that: if that if those funds could still be used, but not directly to our church and still to a missionary, or if that I mean, is you can above offering that.
1: <laughs> the, the answer is you can. Um, as you, if you believe that the, that's what God really wants you to do about the about the the resources, um, yeah, you can. I mean, you're giving unto the Lord. I think uh, probably some pastors listening in right now are like, no, no, no. But you know, we just trust <laughs> the Lord. If people believe they need to give to missionaries, then we trust the Lord that He'll make up the difference somewhere else. Or so the the the, the overall answer to your question is yes. Okay. And and praise God that we're talking about a family that wants to give instead of trying to talk families into just giving anything. Um, I believe personally, I believe that believers, uh, followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be the most generous people on the planet Earth. Generous to believers, generous to unbelievers, generous in when we give tips, generous, I mean, that we should just be known by our generosity. And unfortunately, we're not always known by our generosity.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'll tell you one thing that Marie and I have learned. We've learned in the lean times, and we learned in the not-so-lean times is simply this. We can never outgive God. And that's not just some pastoral platitude to make everybody give. I mean, um, we, we don't even take an offering here at, in our fellowship. We just trust that people are going to give unto the Lord. Um, I'm not opposed to taking offerings, but we, we just trust. We just put our trust in the Lord the best that we can that there will be giving coming through. And, and I'm just encouraged that we're talking to someone about giving, and not trying to convince you to give, because statistics show that most people don't give anything to anyone that call themselves believers, which is kind of sad.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I first started tithing, I mean, that was definitely a challenge, but just as I have grown, you know, just who God is, and um, like uh, the other pastor just mentioned, you know, giving joyfully, just because everything was given from God and to God, and yes. You know, all
1: for him. so: well, I, did a, okay. I did a couple studies on our website on, in Second Corinthians on, on giving, on tithing. I kind of developed this short answer in a couple of different Bible studies. Um, it's, it's on Second Corinthians, uh, eight. Let me see if it was seven as well. Um, that was eight and nine and 10. Um, so if you go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or our app, um, I did specific studies on giving that will develop our what we just talked about.
5: Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, I will definitely check that out.
1: Okay, God bless you.
5: God bless you. Thank you so much.
1: Bye-bye. Okay, Bye. hey, Sean has some encouragement for Seth, so we want to get him on the line real quick. Sean from Denver, welcome to the program.
6: Good afternoon, Pastor. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. What can you share with Seth?
6: So I'd like to share with Seth that um, many years ago, I'd say, about six years ago, I had burning desire to go to Colombia, and I thought I'll just start a ministry down there. And then I went to a ministry where they had the prophetic, the gift of prophetic um, word. And I went over there, and the pastor would give this word: "It's not time yet," or "If you leave now, you're going to be shaken." And I'm like, "Oh, what's going on?" You know, I want to leave. I want to leave. But then I realized that. For me, I was trying to escape. I was trying to escape a lot of pain and a lot of responsibility that I needed to take care of here first. And I also needed to be um, trained. I know one day God's going to send me on missions. This is already six years after I heard those words. But I'm, uh, I've been in Bible college, and um, also I've been through a process of healing. went through a, a horrific divorce many years ago, and I wanted to leave when halfway through that horrible time, I was ready to leave. But I knew, I know that the um, God wanted me to allow myself to be healed, and also be to be equipped. And so it's I've been going through. Um, first off, He gave me the scripture Romans 12.1. I asked the same question many years ago: God, what do you want me to do? And that scripture kept coming up. And when I'd go ask other ministers, that scripture would be they'd read that scripture to me, and I'm like, okay, all right, God, what does it mean to present my my body as a living sacrifice?
1: Hey, we're running out. I'm sorry to cut it short, but we're okay. running out. What would be your summary to him? Like just, um, what would be your one or uh, two the sentences? Summary,
6: the summary would be to present yourself. If we're gonna if we're gonna be really used by God, one thing is He doesn't want a Contaminated a vessel that's in sin. So, one thing is that we have to at least the known sin that we're living in to mm-hmm. repent of that. Number one, and then, then he then basically, um, that's number one. And the reason I couldn't hear his voice, uh, in my heart was because I was heavy laden with all these burdens. Amen. So, number two, I would say, Seth, that, um, uh, lay down your burdens if you can't hear his voice on the inside. I, I have had. Uh, I, I'd say the great privilege to hear God's voice. Thanks. Externally,
1: I got to go, but, brother. But thank you. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks all for right, calling. Well, God bless you all guys. Right.
0: Okay. Set, okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we ran out of time. Uh, Pastor Sean, thank you for joining this afternoon.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for having me in. It was a, it was a joy.
1: Calvary Chapel Cheyenne, Wyoming. Calvarychapelcheyenne.org. dot org. Sunday mornings,
0: nine and eleven.
1: Wednesday nights, seven p.m. New Testament on Sundays.
0: Old Testament on Wednesdays. It was
1: Acts on Sundays, Ezekiel on Wednesdays, and Sean has been faithfully ministering in Cheyenne for more than 11 years as the lead pastor, and I forgot how many as an assistant.
0: Total 17 years. Did you grow up in Cheyenne? Grew up in Cheyenne, went Mm -hmm. away to college, came back in 2000 and started in the youth ministry there.
1: You guys in Cheyenne are blessed, blessed, blessed uh, and if you don't have a church home, check out and visit uh, Pastor Sean at Calvary. And here, we're here tonight, 7 o'clock. We're in First Kings. So excited to be back into the Word. I'm back from New Jersey, and I had a great time. You guys up in New Jersey. What an amazing time I had in Ocean Grove uh, and meeting you guys from Calvary Chapel, Marlton. Uh, so God bless you. Have a great afternoon, and Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Same time. God bless you.